Hey, Brooke. What's up? What's up, D? How's it going? It's going. It's been another exciting week in crypto land, so how couldn't I be excited? How how can you be excited? How could I not be excited? You know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> Especially with those price jumps. Mm-hmm. You know what one makes me sing? Money, mm. money, money, money. <laughs> money. I'm surprised you can hit that while money. just waking up. That's, I, that's that's pretty I, was, I wasn't sleeping. <laughs> what are you talking about? Just waking up. What you mean just sleeps. waking up to these awesome prices? <laughs> All right. Well, for those of you that... Um, don't know what the fuck's going on. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry. For those of you that don't know what's up, this is the Bitcoin podcast, Just the Headers. This is uh, where uh, Jesse the Man Broke and myself review I should, the headlines. You know what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I should come up with a nickname for you. I think I'll do that for next podcast. All right. That'll be a for show right now. Um, so go ahead. Um, Jesse's been working on his Mississippi pimp voice for this oh, episode. You know what? I'm I'm trying still. Uh, uh, so he's gonna give it a shot. Um, but uh, this is a low budget podcast, so I'm gonna turn off this air <laughs> conditioner that is come on behind me and is currently probably ruining the sound a little bit. And then we're gonna jump right into these headlines, baby. All right, welcome back everybody to uh, Just the Headers, like Dee just uh, mentioned. Uh, this podcast is about reading to you crypto headlines in the past week, from this past weekend up until uh, today, Thursday. Um, <laughs> All right. You ready to I'll give it a shot? I'll let Dee take it away with this weekend's headlines. All right. This weekend's news, news, news. Uh, you hear that chair? Chair sounds like I'm farting. Crypto funds no, lending, huh? It doesn't sound like farting. It sounds like something else. Oh, oh, you, you're such a, you're so mature. Crypto funds lending and market manipulation. This is, ri- this is written by Noelle Atchison. Looking like she was plucked straight out of Game of Thrones. Go on, Noelle. Got that straight up 1993 haircut going on. Noelle Atchison is a veteran of the company analysis and a member of Coindesk's product team. So that's a little bit about Noelle. It's not easy being a crypto fund manager. As well as unruly markets and elusive valuations, there's the increasing competition and pressure on fees. And performance has been lackluster. Vision Hill's Q1 report showed that on average, active funds have underperformed Bitcoin so far this year. Oh, ain't that a bitch. The bear market of 2018 triggered the closure of many crypto funds in a reward released last week by PricewaterhouseCoopers and Elwood Asset Management showed that there are far fewer active funds in existence than we had led to believe. We had been led to be- we had been led to believe. The report also pointed out that, <laughs> given a median management fee of two percent and a median fund size of four million dollars, operational sustainability is tough. 
80000 recurring income is not enough to cover salaries and other overheads, especially given the likelihood of increasing compliance requirements. The PricewaterhouseCooper Elwood report mentions some steps that funds are taking to boost recurring income, uh, such as market making and advisory roles. It overlooks one potentially significant source of revenue, however, crypto lending. Funds could lend out the assets they hold for free. Doesn't say for free. That's it. This is for a fee. For for a fee. Given the growing demand for crypto lending services, this potential income stream could be enough to give a number of funds a greater chance of survival. Heading down. Before we look in more detail at the risks, let's examine this trend toward lower fees. According to the PricewaterhouseCooperHelper report, the median midpoint fee is 2%. This is in line with the typical fees for the traditional head funds, but there are signs that they're coming down. The report states that the average crypto fund fee is 1.72%, which means that many large significantly less. Many charge significantly less. Come on, brain. Get it together. So, hmm. Crypto funds aren't doing too well. That's all that means in a nutshell. But it does mean the ones that survive are going to be pristine. So what are some current ones that are really big? Uh, there's like Nova what happened Grads. to Fundstrat? Novogratz has one. Uh, but that, that one's not doing well. They lost like, they hemorrhaged like 300 million last year. Oh, right? what are ones that are doing well? None of them. Yeah. The only ones that are the ones that own Bitcoin. And that's Grayscale and some others. They're all doing very bad. If they're not owning Bitcoin. So. Yeah. Mm. But not for them. (laughs) You get it. All right. Next article. Oh, sorry. We used to do segues. And speaking of. uh, Articles that are read after the first article. The real discussion about Ethereum's next hard fork is about to begin. <gasps> here we go. Here we go. This is why I've been waiting for this. Christine Kim. Thank you, Christine. Looking at you got plucked straight as an extra out of rush hour four. Uh, more wow. than two dozen. What? Wait, continue. There was no rush hour four. Well, there's going to be. It's under production. Is it really? Yeah. Are you serious? I'm I'm at least thirty three percent positive on that, my friend. I, I thought Jackie Chan retired. Jackie Chan is never gonna retire. Jet Li is gonna retire because Jet Li looks like he's about fifty thousand years old right now. Jet Li yeah, aged really old. so fast. It's like did he did he dip himself in liquid cigarette smoke? I well, don't he started he started in his forties. That's when he actually got popular. What? So when yeah. I was watching Lethal Weapon 4, and I was like, wow, this little Asian guy is cool. And then the one, he was in his 40s yeah. then? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Wow. Because right now he's 60-something, I believe. He is so old, though. Like, there's 60-year-old people that are laying pipe right now as we speak. And I mean literally. They're plumbers. But Jet Li looks like he's What does he not look like? He's not piping down anything. Oh, no, he's not 60. He's 56. See? I mean, that's pretty close. 56, 60? It's very round upable. You can round 56 up to 60. So. All right. The one came out 19 years ago, all 18 years ago. Like, I'm just still, so. I'm still impressed with what he did, though, because in that movie, the one, he did a kick. That was so rotationally and so vertical that if I tried to do that, I think I'd rip my groin in half. I'm pretty sure I'd rip my groin in half. So Yeah, yeah. He was 38 when he did the one. That's one thing, like, as an adult, like, I say, I'm going to stretch more. I know it's good for me. It keeps me limber and the blood flowing, and I never, ever do it. I do it, like, for five minutes before an exercise, and that's about it. So, Damn, do. dude, Jelly aged. Yeah, doesn't he look like death? He looked like he just been swimming in liquid cigarette smoke. 
I don't know. Yeah, he looks he's... really bad. I think he's sick. I think he's got something going on with his belly. He's very old looking. Yeah. So oh, hyperthyroidism. That's what's happening. Oh, so his thyroid is super. What's hyper? I mean, above more. Hyperthyroidism. <laughs> this show got off the rails fast, but Jet Li is old as shit. We've got to examine this. Hyperthyroidism is the production of too much thyroxine hormone. It can increase metabolism. Symptoms include unexpected weight loss, rapid or irregular heartbeat, swelling or sweating, and irritability, although the elderly often experience no symptoms. So, so he's getting He's old. aging older, faster than normal, I guess. Oh wow, dude, he's he's inverse Benjamin Button, right? Yeah, yep. Sorry, Jet Li, man. We all loved what you did. You contributed a lot to a lot. Hell, you were the Emperor Mummy, and nobody realizes uh, such an important role that was for worldly pop culture and that is the mummy that was also an emperor that fought abominable snowmen in the movie the mummy but i'm sorry you're getting on so fast so let's get back to the article <laughs> the real discussion about ethereum's next hard fork is about to begin more than two dozen ethereum improvement proposals eips if you will have been submitted for review and inclusion in Ethereum's next system-wide upgrade or hard fork, dubbed Istanbul. The list with 28 official EIPs and at least one other set to be added included uh, changes to the $27 billion network that impact its mining algorithm, code execution and pricing, data storage, and much, much more. About a dozen of these proposals were discussed at length by Ethereum core developers, during a bi-weekly call on Friday. However, the majority ended up being tabled for further debate with only one EIP receiving tentative approval. One out of 28 ain't bad. <laughs> Just kidding. That's shitty. We'll talk more all of the core. We'll talk. We'll talk more. Here's a quote. We'll talk more on the all core devs getter channel to wrangle in some of these EIPs that are still stuck and proposed and as quickly as possible decide on which ones are being implemented for Istanbul, said Ethereum Foundation Community Relations lead Hudson Jameson. Oh my goodness, he looks like he hangs out with, uh, uh, oh, what was that guy's name? You know who I'm talking about. I don't know who you're talking about. Hudson Jameson and the High Noon Boys. Oh what, God, yeah. What was his name? Charleston <sighs> Crag or something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't remember anymore, but yeah, you really like that name. It is a gamer tag if I ever heard one. Why didn't you just make it your gamer tag? Then you would have remembered it. Well, because my gamer tag is Black Sauce. That's true. And that's undeniable. So, Hudson Jameson and the High Noon Boys ready to approve some EIPs for Istanbul. Rolling in. Decisions were made. Approvals were given. Istanbul is coming right up. Good thing we had old Hudson Jameson. Alright, next article. <laughs> Sorry, I could have given you more details. I'm stuck on Hudson Jameson. He heats his hot pockets up right the first time. How do you come up with this shit? <laughs> like, ha have you even eaten a hot pocket, like, recently at all? I haven't eaten a hot pocket in three years. <laughs> it's, I just know that, that it's tough to get it right the first time. Dude. Yeah. What? You're, it's just the things you say they're so funny like i just it doesn't make sense like like what kind of a person would think about problems like of heating hot pockets well it takes a certain kind of legend jesse to heat your hot pocket up right the first time and get it oh warm God. with with without having any of the center be cold well okay it might be easier to do now but when i was a kid when microwaves still kind of sucked and most likely gave me cancer later in life. 
Our microwave was like 30,000 pounds, and it sounded like a Cessna. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You, you like stare at through the window, like waiting for it to melt. It's, it sounded like an old Jewish woman that smokes all day. <laughs> 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 yeah. So you had to like finesse your Hot Pocket game. You oh put God. it in for a minute. Maybe rotate it, maybe turn it over, put it in for another minute, and just cross your fingers that it was still warm all the way through. You know, yeah, so. they've made Hot Pockets a lot easier to microwave now with the um, the reflective uh, inside packaging. Have you, ever, have you ever warmed up a Hot Pocket lately? Uh, three years ago, they had this little, they give you the origami thing that you fold together. Yeah, yeah, that's the, what I'm talking about. Yeah, a little reflective sleeve. Yeah, so you don't have to flip it at all. Now, I mean, you just oh. pop that in there and just... I know. Just start. Well, the reality is it's actually really easy. Now, now, pizza. Now, pizza still has issues. In the microwave? I mean, yeah. Well, like, So sometimes you have a microwave that it only heats like a certain part of the microwave, right? Have you ever had that issue? Mm-hmm. Or you like put... You put like something in the center of the microwave, mm-hmm. and and sometimes the microwave plate doesn't even spin, and so mm-hmm. like say say you threw a pizza slice in, the top left of your pizza slice will be insanely hot, and the other you know bottom right and top right will be like cold. Yep. Yep. And it's going oh, as it's warming up your food. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, dude's hot pocket game is strong. Um, so next article. So what is this article about? Facebook. Global, Global coin. Killer or multiplier? Arr, arr, arr. It may sound like a 2014 era shit coin. This is, that's, this is the, this kind of news I like. Cursing right up top. This is, Kai if Sedgwick. I had a, huh? Kai Sedgwick. Yeah. Kai, oh, this is Kai? Mm-hmm. Man, it's been so long. Kai, we missed you. I missed you, homie. Uh, Global Coin is this year's most anticipated new digital asset. It doesn't matter that it's not decentralized, it's not permissionless, and not even crypto. <laughs> the only question that really matters is <laughs> what does Facebook's currency spell for Bitcoin? Uh, will it steal its thunder or accelerate adoption? Oh, the entity of question is no. But let's keep reading. If Mark Zuckerberg had hoped to convince the world that he's a normal guy and not a shape-shifting Illuminati reptilian, this guy does not like Zuckerberg. Globalcoin has scuppered that. It's the name that satirists would have dubbed Facebook's forthcoming currency had Zuck not gone and claimed it for himself, like <laughs> Facebook itself. Globalcoin, also known as GC, uh, is easy to mock and easier to meme But away from the easy one-liners, what's known about the coin and what effect, if any, will it have on cryptocurrency? GC is scheduled to launch in Q1 2020. Less confirmation were needed as to how entrenched in the legacy financial system Zuck Bucks will be. Zuck Bucks? I like Zuck Bucks, actually. I really do. (laughs) That's great. I would use Zuck Bucks. Send me some Zucks, baby. I don't give a Zuck. I don't give a single zuck about what you just said. Uh, Facebook CEO has reportedly met with Bank of England Governor Mark Carney and his assistant Hudson Jameson, as well as seeking advice from the U.S. Project Libra, as the program is known, has been one of the world's worst kept secrets since 2018 when it emerged that Facebook was seeking to hire blockchain developers for a covert monetary project. Okay. A cash grab from the world's data depots. Despots. Facebook's extremely shitty attitude towards protect... This is the best... Kai, you're back in the game, baby. This is how you write. This is how you get the people going. Cash grab from the world's uh facebook's extremely shitty attitude towards protecting user privacy does not need reiterating indeed it is hard to re- it is hard to think of a worse qualified custodian of a global digital currency uh yeah it is for all its crimes though d plat you know what's blowing my mind all right 
Apple lost all those nudie pictures of all those women, yet even I trust Apple Pay on some level. Um, okay. Why? It's weird. Why do I trust? I don't know. It's fast. Do you use Apple Pay at all? Yeah, I use Apple Pay on in the airports at the newsstands. and. Why don't you use Android Pay? Because I have an iPhone. Why do you have an iPhone is the real question. Oh, when I had an Android, <laughs> it broke. So I stopped buying Androids. And I've got an iPhone for eight years. Not a single problem ever. Always works. Always works great. Super reliable. No viruses. Love no. It. Unless Android's gotten better in the last decade. Because the last Android I had, it was Wednesday. Yeah. I was having a good day. Wednesday night, it didn't turn on anymore. And I was like, what? The, what, what happened? It's like... You know how Apple did it's like I remember in the early 2000s like um I built I built a computer and uh I found out that people who had Macs they started calling anybody's computer who wasn't a Mac a PC and I was like what the fuck is a PC mm-hmm. like everybody's using a PC no but yeah. Macs Macs are Macs and and everybody else is a PC mm-hmm. and it's the same thing like Apple's iPhone and and Android, like there's so many different brands of phones that use different flavors of Android operating systems. Mm-hmm. You can't just bucket them all into being shitty because you had a bad experience with one brand. You just changed my life. I didn't, but it, I just want you to think about no, that. No, no, you didn't change my life, but you, but you'd make me think that, like, yeah, may, maybe I should go Android. The thing like it's like Dell versus HP versus I don't know, fucking Alienware. I don't know MSI, whatever. Mm-hmm. At the time, it was an HTC phone that let me down, though. Uh, I yeah. had I had one of the very first HTC phones with the fingerprint to lock to get you. To unlock your phone, yeah, it was pretty cool. But the fingerprint was at the top of the phone, so it was actually kind of very fluid. Like I'd grab my phone with the index finger at the top, and I'd do the old "make my girlfriend love me" maneuver, and my phone would unlock. <laughs> so. You see, I, I I never owned an HTC, so can't really say about that brand. But maybe. Maybe. Everybody who did own the same brand HTC as I am, their girlfriends love them. All right. <laughs> your, your turn. <laughs> All right. Here we go. First article for Tuesday. No segue. Zero X teams with Starkware to bring speed to decentralized exchanges. Who says Lake Zero when... X? I thought it was OX. Okay, OX. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Talk. <laughs> Cryptographic solution called ZKP could help notoriously slow decentralized exchanges reach speeds Get back com- in the mic. comparable to traditional to more traditional platforms. There you go. San Francisco-based. You know what? I can't see the article. It's too high. Hold well, on. Let me maybe if you didn't have seventeen up. screens. <laughs> San Francisco-based Dex startup. <laughs> Ox. Ox is partnering with the Israeli software-as-service company Starkware to test a ZKP solution called StarkDex, which can process roughly 500 transactions per second. Starkware CEO Uri Kolodny told Coindesk the goal is clear, quote, non-custodial trading at scale. Speaking to how the ZKPs could be implemented in the OXDEX ecosystem, OX marketing lead Matt Taylor told Coindesk, quote, our goal is that by the end of the year, we'll have this in production on mainnet so that people can actually use this technology. We intend to have this be a core part of the OXDEX stack. Mm. So uh, Taylor went on to say that the OX system has facilitated 713,000 trades for a volume of about $1 billion since it was founded in 2017. Dex is using OX currently processed between a few hundred and roughly 3,100 trades a day, according to OXTracker.com. But scaling continues to be a challenge. 
A marketplace where only three trades per second can be settled is a very illiquid market, Golodny said, of some network's current limitations. Still, Golodny told Coindesk it will take months before this alpha test leads to a professional service for OX relayers and other blockchain companies. So what happened with um, JPM? I thought they already they have their own solution using talking ZKP. About, talking about JP Morgan? Yeah, JPM. I don't know. What are they doing? Are they building Cora or something like that and on top of Ethereum and then they just release that on the GitHub? So I threw it in Tech Talk. So yeah, they have have Quorum and then they're using um, the Zether protocol. And then they use... Yeah. And they've got their own solution. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Is that a solution? It's just a side chain. Why are we making up new words for these things we've had for like six years, five years now? A that's, private that's chain is a side chain. Marketing. Why don't we not call it a burger? Why don't we call it a glistening meat disc? Hmm? Ooh. I like burger better. Okay. Why don't we not call it a glistening meat disc and we call it a chiffin chiffin it sounds like a bird but it's not that's the marketing secret Jesse oh okay it's it's, it's a chiffin perfect speaking of things that sound somewhat like birds Mm -hmm. yahoo Yahoo Japan-backed crypto exchange Taotao launches this week. Yahoo's in the crypto game? Yep, Yahoo Japan. A new crypto exchange platform in which Yahoo Japan owns a major stake is about to launch after over a year in development. The new platform called Taotao announced on Twitter Sunday (laughs) that it will go live on Thursday, May 30th at midday local time. According to the Taotao website, the exchange will be offering a mobile app alongside its online platform and will offer trading in BTC and ETH at launch. The firm will also be making leverage available for interested traders, with three more cryptos added to the available options, XRP, LTC, and BCH. TauTau is regulated as a virtual currency exchange business under Financial Services Agency, with its website proudly displaying the registration number 00001. Tau, tau. Ah, so that early registration comes via the exchange's previous FSA license iteration, the Bit ARG exchange, in which Yahoo Japan bought a 40% stake last March. It was reported at the time by Nikkei Asian Review that Yahoo Japan has taken the stake with the aim of developing a new exchange platform using, using Bit ARG's technology. Okay. Yahoo go. is in the crypto game. The more you Yahoo know. Japan. Yahoo Japan. Well, I mean, come on now. They're different. They're different, but they're different. You know what I mean? Uh, they might. Uh, you never know how different they might be. That's true. Mm, tow, tow. And for the last article of Monday, public perceptions of the Bitcoin spot market are wrong, says Bitwise. Yogita Khatri says today's Bitcoin spot market is quote significantly smaller and significantly more efficient than is generally perceived argues Bitwise Asset Management. In a white paper presented as a comment to the US SEC on Friday Bitwise said the quality of the Bitcoin spot market and the strength of arbitrage in that market has quote improved dramatically since the start of 2018. The average deviation of Bitcoin's price on the 10, quote, real Bitcoin exchanges as measured against the consolidated price shows a downward trend, indicating increasingly efficient arbitrage between the various exchanges, the firm said. Quote, this comes despite high volatility and, at times, declining overall trading volume and is driven by a large number of factors that reflect the growing maturity of the space, it added. The CME Bitcoin futures market has also been steadily growing, Bitwise said. Further, reiterating the major point of its previous report, 
the firm said that roughly 95% of all reported Bitcoin trading volume is either fake volume or wash trading. The volume numbers reported by CoinMarketCap and other data aggregators are, quote, wrong and, quote, wildly inflated, the firm argued. It did, however, concede that CoinMarketCap has, quote, embarked on a serious initiative to improve transparency, disclosure, and accuracy. Hmm. On to you, D, for Wednesday, Tuesday. That's it, man. You failed. You had the opportunity that whole time to bust out Jesse's Mississippi pimp voice, and you didn't even give it a shot. You didn't even mm. try. Hudson Jamison would be disappointed. But let's keep on moving here. So. Uh, let's. Oh, speaking of JP Schmurgen, uh, they launched some new features on their privacy chain. So let's check those shits out. Uh, maybe there's a little bit of information here on some shit we can't use. Uh, so this is written by <laughs> this is written by Ian Allison. JP Morgan Chase's blockchain team has developed a privacy feature for Ethereum-based blockchains of scaring not only how much money is being sent, but who is sending it. This is nothing new. This can already be done with other blockchains. JP Morgan, you suck. All right, next article. Uh, oh, here's one. And then we're going straight into Wednesday because those are the articles I didn't like, Jesse. I'm sorry to say that. Okay, um, that's fine. Korean government plans action over risks of resurgent crypto market, baby. <laughs> this this article is written by Daniel Palmer. I'm trying to show Jesse how to do a Mississippi pimp voice real quick. Uh, with the price of Bitcoin surging to yearly high Monday. The South Korean government has held an emergency meeting over the risk of losses for investors, uh, CoinDesk Korea reports. Um, no Hyung-uk, minister for the Office for Government Policy Coordination, announced the interagency meeting in a government statement early on Tuesday, saying participants included Minister of Economy and Finance. The min- There's too many titles in that paragraph. I'm skipping on to the next one. Here's a quote. Since virtual currencies are not legal currencies and nobody guarantees their value, the price fluctuates drastically due to illegal acts, I said, speculative demand, and uh, changes in the domestic and foreign regulatory environment, he said. He went on and said, it is necessary to make a careful decision on a series of actions. So what this man is saying is why people like cryptocurrencies in the first place. My backhand will be strong on your face, man. All right. Let me take one more glance over them articles to see. No, no. All right, here's one. Okay, yeah, that one. That's fine. ECB official says wholesale central bank digital currency is a viable option. Keep in mind, this guy looks like he is the receptionist at a skydiving uh, business. He doesn't do the skydiving. He just makes sure that your application's filled out, right? Uh, another article written by Yogita Katri, all right, who looks like she moonlights as a, a Scooby-Doo reenactor. Uh, a, a, a European central bank official has come out generally in favor of wholesale central bank digital currencies, or as no one calls them, CBDCs. Uh, Vitas, <laughs> Vitas, Vitas, Visa, Vasilioskas, Vasilioskas, a member of the governing council of the ECB. And chairman of the oh, that's that dude. Oh yeah, he could. I if if he worked for my skydiving agency, I call him V to V. And he would just had to deal with it. Uh, anyways, he's chairman of the board of Bank of Lithuania, and he made the comments in a speech at a recent conference in the U.S. The text of which was published by the Bank of International Settlements on Monday. How many banks are there, man? Holy shit! I feel like every other episode. Bank of the blobbity blah, international trust bankity biggity bank. Banks doing this, <laughs> like <laughs> banks left, banks right, everywhere. Same thing bank. with the exchanges, right? 
You need a you need a derivatives bank. Here's a biggity bank for that. You need a gold bank. Bank, 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 bank. Banks everywhere. A wholesale CBDC could be used to improve payments and security settlement efficiency, as well as reduce counterparty credit and liquidity risk, Vizaluskas said, adding. A value wholesale CBDC would replace or complement service. Is this guy trying to get a promotion? Because he's just making shit up. Uh, a a, a value-based wholesale CBDC would replace a complement reserves at the central bank with a restricted assets digital token. A token would be a bearer asset, meaning that during the transaction, the sender would transfer value to the receiver. So without like repackaging everything in crypto and saying that we're going to do digital bonds of central banks in crypto. He's saying the that exact same thing. Yeah. Same shit, different wrapping. This is the thing that I don't get about how... No, I get it. It's called greed. And greed is powerful. Because almost anyone anyone who has a lick of sense that I've introduced crypto to, one of the very first things they say after, like, you can see them digesting it. Like, they run through the scenarios in their head. Like, they just got plugged into the matrix and their eyes are twitching underneath the eyelids. And they immediately say... Why don't I just make my own Bitcoin and trick people into using it? And I'm like, I mean, nobody's stopping you. Go right ahead. The bad thing is, is that greed is rewarded and it's going to be continuously rewarded until either Bitcoin. No, until either Bitcoin or, or some token just takes over so dominantly that that notion is just eliminated from people's brains. Because right now what we have is this repackaged and like reiterated cycles of people thinking to themselves, why don't I just make my own Bitcoin? And the more we do this, the less... The more this happens, these cycles keep happening, the more difficult it is going to be for that notion to survive for a long time, right? Like it started with Bitcoin and then Charlie Lee was like, I'm just going to make my own. I'm just going to make it four times faster and I'm going to call it Litecoin because I'm a genius. And that worked. And then like six other things did it. Namecoin, OneCoin. Um. I believe what Dash is now is a fork of Bitcoin. But then that didn't work. And then somebody was like, you know what? I need to make my own Bitcoin, but it needs to be way different. It needs to have smart contracts. Right. Then that sound cool. I just feel like people are just trying to re are trying to copy Bitcoin and change little idiosyncrasies about the, the you know, code and trying to absorb value into their blockchain, into their network. And the longer we go in time, the less um, effective that's going to be. I think I just went on a rant. I could put my soapbox down. I'm sorry. It's okay. All right. Put my soapbox down. Go out there and get yourself some CBDCs. Cause that's going to be that new hot shit. In the streets. All right, Jesse, I'm going to pass it on to you for Wednesday's news. All right. Wednesday's news as soon as I can find my cursor. It is right there. Hit the button. Got it. Okay. Got it. I got it. All right. Here we go. Wednesday's news. Bitbond plans to raise $3.9 million in Germany's first regulated STO. Oh, Jesus. Yogita Katri. She's pumping out articles for Coindesk. Mm-hmm. Blockchain-based lending platform Bitbond is launching a security token offering that's that it says is the first to be approved by a regulator in Germany. Through the sale, the firm aims to raise $3.9 million, allowing it to continue providing loans to small businesses. The security token called BB1 works like a bond and Bitbond will buy back the token after 10 years 
what is this bullshit? <laughs> this is like cash for gold, title loan, title max, like all that shit. Yeah. But like even yeah. sketchier. Like we're going to buy it back. Well, that's what bonds years. are, man. That's what bonds are. You're loan. You're giving a loan to someone, and they pay you back, and you've made money. Crypto is not even gonna be here in ten years. Now I'm just kidding, but maybe it won't be here. Bitbond won't be here. That's for sure. So if you've got a a BB1 security token, and you're waiting for for ten years for them to buy it back, they're not even gonna exist. This is stupid. Bitbond provides working capital loans to small businesses that use e-commerce platforms like eBay and Amazon in Asia and claims to have already processed over $15 million worth of business loans. All right, whatever. Um, Radoslav Albrecht. Sounds like Albright, except Albrecht. Bitbond founder and CEO said, quote, small businesses are an incredibly important part of the economy and hire the majority of all employed people worldwide. We see this STO as a way to help small businesses create more jobs and supercharge their own growth. What is that bullshit? All right, whatever. I'm done with this article. Okay. Next, um, article. next article. Everything we know about Facebook's cryptocurrency. We kind of read an article about this already, but maybe there's a little bit more information. There's not. We can go on. All right. Okay. Uh, are you sure? I'm pretty sure. There's nothing in Facebook's cryptocurrency that anyone in crypto doesn't need to know. It says, at that time, Facebook's entry was reported as a WhatsApp-centered product primarily focused on India. That may uh, that might have only been a part of it, or Menlo Park's ambitions might have since expanded. Um, the next month, the New York Times reported that Facebook wanted to unify Instagram, WhatsApp, and Messenger. Um no doubt there are many strategic reasons to do this, but for person-to-person payments, it also maximizes the universe of people that can exchange the company's new cryptocurrency. Uh, earlier in February, Cheddar broke the news that Facebook had acquired a British blockchain company called Chainspace. Cheddar reported this as an acquire. That is, it was more about hiring the people than acquiring Chainspace as a business. So, there you go. And uh, this last next article, article, we're just going to read and let a moment of silence hit. So go ahead and go for that. Cloud giant Salesforce unveils first blockchain product for business. The All product right, named Thursday's news. <laughs> what is this about? Salesforce is launching a blockchain, Jesse. Salesforce, the giant cloud-based CRM, and by CRM, I mean customer resource management software system, is is launching a blockchain, Jesse. Sales tokens is what you need to oh. operate on their blockchain. It says low code is a framework that allows for drag and drop programming for complex apps and is gaining popularity in enterprise businesses. What does that have to do with blockchain technology? It says the product named Salesforce Blockchain is a quote low product or low code blockchain platform that extends the power of CRM. Uh, the company says that the solution helps users build and maintain blockchain networks, apps, and smart contracts, allowing them to, quote, create and share blockchain objects in the same process as any CRM data object with clicks, not code, according to Salesforce's press release. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's bullshit. So, go on to Thursday's <laughs> news. Uh, Crypto Kitty makers have a new game, so if you like wasting money, go ahead and do that. Go there. <laughs> Um, let's see. Hacker Noon. Oh, the, the author deleted that article. Uh, let's. Oh, here's another shitty version of an application of blockchains. Cool. State Farm USAA to pay each other insurance claims on a blockchain by 2020. 
Yeah, I don't think you need a blockchain for that. You need but... a blockchain for insurance. Jesus Christ. U.S. insurance giant State Farm and USAA have entered advanced testing of a blockchain too. I'm not doing this. <laughs> uh, to automate the time-consuming and paper-heavy processing of automobile claims using blockchain for automobile claims. You know, I heard a weird law in Detroit um, from my from my uh, from my client here, and that is that in Detroit, when there's a car accident, no one is at fault. Ever. Insurance huh. companies just pay. And I was like, how's that happen? And it was like it was one of those situations, I guess, where so many people didn't have insurance and were getting in accidents that Detroit just kind of said, Everybody, no one is at fault, insurance companies are gonna cover it, but you have to have insurance. And so I was like, Well, what does that do to your premiums? And he's like, Well, I pay like hundred and some odd hundred and I was like, damn, it's like seventy dollars more than what I pay. And so it was a weird conversation. I don't know how much I don't know how true that is. It's just coming word of mouth. If someone listening to this is from Detroit and they're like, that bullshit, then by all means. But one thing I did notice, and this is a small Sherlock Holmes, Blacklock Holmesian thing that I noticed, is that all the parking lots near like the city, city of Detroit have like these double wide lanes have you ever seen those parking lots jesse where they have the double lines no it's usually a single line like if one parking cubby is a single line right okay well in detroit they're double lines and it's there's like an extra foot distance in between one car and the next so like imagine Imagine if there's like an extra 16 inches to every single parking spot. So it's like a double wide. Every parking spot is like a double wide parking spot. Nice. But what that does is lessens accidents. Am I right? Should. And that I mean, that's everywhere. Like every parking lot I've been to. Walmart. Uh, Target's. Uh, businesses. I went to the Motown Museum parking lot same way double wide parking spots it's like so he could be right you know maybe they're if you get in an accident in detroit it's not your fault even if it is clearly your fault mm. we need a blockchain for parking lots all right next um we three need a of ireland's big four banks are using blockchain to verify staff credentials okay and that last one's about EOS trading to all customers except for ones in New York. I'll give it a glance, but I'm pretty sure it's probably due to the uh, bit license. Yep. EOS trading on the San Francisco-based crypto exchange Coinbase is no longer limited to Coinbase Pro users, but New Yorkers will still have to wait. So, uh, oh, this is about EOS opening up on Coinbase, so. Coinbase is an exchange, if you guys don't know. They have an easy-to-use wallet, but it's not that easy anymore because that area of their business is not supported as much uh, as their exchange. Coinbase is an exchange. So Coinbase is slowly but surely launching all of the tokens to get out of volume so they can make out of money. So that's it. For today. Today's news is over. So. <laughs> you know one thing that I I don't have enough of in my life? Thai mm. tea. Like bubble tea or like like the Thai, thai tea that has like a condensed milk in it. Not condensed milk, but uh No, it is condensed milk, you're right. It's condensed it has the condensed yep. milk in it, the little sweet stuff. Yeah. I feel like that's just such a great thing. And I know it, it's not good for your body. No, but it's not. I, I haven't had any of that in like two years. And right now I really just want a nice, cool glass of Thai tea. Just sit back and listen to some Marvin Gaye. 
Yeah. We'll just just tie some Thai tea. Sounds good. Sounds. What do you do yeah. if you? What's your version of a hammock relaxing with a cool drink in the summer? What's your cool drink and what's your hammock? What is my cool drink? Mm-hmm. My cool drink is. Hmm. What's your Marvin Gaye? What's your cool drink and what's your hammock? Ba 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 ba. French rap and. Wait, did you say French rap? Yeah, and apple juice. What is French? Rap? <laughs> uh, like French oh, rap. French rap. Yeah, French rap. Oh, like rap music from France. Yes. What does that sound like? Break us off. It's, it's pretty good. You want me to link you? I want you to break us off, Jesse. Listen, I do not speak <laughs> French. This is not happening. We. Oui. That's all I know. Yeah. And I got that from my R&B song. So. <laughs> um, well, apple juice is what Jesse drinks on his porch, which is okay because crisp apple juice is a, something that's really good in the morning. It is. It is so crisp. Mm. Crisp. Favorite. Who, who do you think made that word crisp? He knew what he was doing. Or she knew. What the, that person knew what they were doing. They were is like, that marketing? Mm, this shit is crisp. And then they were like, wait, 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 wait. What did you just say? And they're like, look, taste this shit. It is crisp. This is some crisp flavored shit. What about fresh? Like people like would say, hey, that's that's real fresh. Fresh. I don't know, man. I, I've always been fascinated with uh, linguistics. Like, how do we just create these abstract noises and then everybody understands what they mean? And then how do they evolve over time? Like mother and father were mater and fater. And then they slowly over the years become mother and father. Really? Yeah. What was the what was the etymology of the language? Oh fuck. Um Like what 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 language used uh what did you say Latin, mater? I believe. It was Latin? Yes. Or Greek. Mater, fater. What what are you what are we looking for? Word origins, mother. Here. Germanic. Mutter. Uh yeah, origin is German Germanic. Uh related to Dutch motor and German mutter from an Indo-European root shared by Latin mater and Greek meter. Yeah, Latin oh. mater. Mater. Yeah, there we go. It says Latin, Greek, Germanic origin. How do, how do you have two... Like, how does Latin and Greek share pretty much the same word? Sex. Get a Latin person and a Greek person together, and then... Yeah. You say mater, I say mutter. Well, if we're going to live together, bone, we got to figure out one way to say that. Jesus. What, man? That's how most things happen. It's just, you know, cataclysmic boning leads to so many things that we do to this day. Mm. (laughs) I should do a TED Talk. Walk out with my shitty soul patch. I want to present it. I want to present to everyone. The theory of cataclysmic boning and how what seems like chaotic freak leaks is actually molding future societies. Let's let's investigate.
You have to have a really dope PowerPoint presentation as well. It'll just it'll basically be pictures of art of the artists that aren't really well known because all they did was pretty much draw like sex art. Like if you go on the hieroglyphics and you look on the wall and you're like, okay, that caveman was bored. He's drawing two people going at it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just gonna be different slides of that. And like, if we look here. In around 500 A.D., it looks like there was a overexpression of the doggy style position, which led to. <laughs> how do you? How does your brain do this, D? Like, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> like, did you did you take improv classes? Like, it's just like taken... life experiences. Just all life. Like cave paintings of doggy style, like it exists. You've seen it. I've seen it. We've all, everybody's seen the hieroglyphics of sex people on the walls, and it's just like, okay, oh well, you know. It was all right, going thanks. Down. Thank, thanks everybody for stopping by. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> Take it away, Jess. Wrap us up. Get us out of here before I take right. us down another. Here we path. go. Uh, what other shows are on the podcast? Are on the uh, podcast network? So we got hashing it out. We've got um, the mic, dude. I am so close to the microphone right now. Swallow it. No, you. All right. So we've got Crypto Bullies uh, podcast. We've got a dose of ether. What else? What else am I missing? Who else am I missing? D hashing it out i already did that the crypto bully podcast i mean you guys it's like expected i don't need to plug okay. you guys um man we're just like everybody else we're just okay. a show on the network baby sure the bitcoin podcast hashing it out dose of either crypto bully on ramping with d just the headers that's what you get that's what you get <laughs> when you listen to the bitcoin podcast network what came out recently? The bullpen. Dose of Ether is going to be coming at you soon, baby. Little hiatus had to be taken. But Dose of Ether is coming. Hashing it out is lighting shit up. Listen to me. If you're a nerd like us and you like cryptocurrency Gross. and you want to know it on the... Did that come through in the microphone? What? That that belch. No, that wasn't, that wasn't a belch. Okay. And you want to be the guy that knows the most technical stuff about all of the cryptocurrencies, all of the blockchainiums, all of the technologies. You need to be listening to Hashing It Out. It is blowing up. It is the show to know. Okay. Is it really? It's pretty damn good, man. Corey Caller doing a great job. Uh, Really kind of like there is not a single show. Right now, there's not a single cryptocurrency podcast right now that can hold a candle to hashing it out. Well, that's pretty good. Why? Because it's got nothing to do with cryptocurrency. It's talking about the actual technology. Like, you know, people walk around. They're like, I'm in it for the tech. Well, Corey and Colin are literally in it for the tech and they are diving deep, my man. They're diving. Wait, I thought I thought I thought I didn't know that uh, Colin was in it for the tech. Yeah. Colin doesn't even own any crypto. And I can't get yeah, him but, to buy any. I'm like, why would you love this so much and not own any? That doesn't make any sense. And he's like, I just, I don't know. I just, I think this tech can change the world. And I'm like, I mean, we all get that, but why not change the world and get some purchasing power at the same time? He's why, just lying when, to you. No, no, no he's not lying. <laughs> I know for a fact. But, huh. okay. uh, you know what I mean? Why save the world when you can save the world and have enough purchasing power to buy like infinity playstations? Of course I'm picking the latter. Or buy California. Yeah, or buy California California. So But uh shit, this is going for a while. Jesse, wrap us up. <laughs> All right. Thanks everybody for listening to this wonderful podcast that we produce for you guys every week. Hope you enjoy it. And we'll see you in the next one. Like, subscribe, join the Slack. Love.